Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another I2 podcast episode. So excited to be with you. So excited to bring you stories of individuals who are using their God-given influence to impact the world around them. Excited to share principles to help us live it out. Our, Our passion is really to see every single person discover, uncover the gifts, the passions, the strengths, the purpose God has given you to leverage your influence to make lasting impact in the world. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what position, what role you're in, where you're called to live today. God has created you on purpose and for a purpose, and he's given you influence. And it's so that you can use it to join his mission to change the world. And so our our episodes are designed to help encourage you in that, to inspire you in that. And today I'm excited because we get to dive into practically what does that look like for you? A lot of times we get to hear stories of other individuals, but uh, I know that God is telling a story through each and every single one of us. And, and as much as I love hearing other people's stories, I love helping people discover their story, their unique mission, their unique purpose, and help uh, individuals really uncover the unique influence God's given you. And again, I want to encourage you, whether you are a mom who stays at home, whether you are a business leader, whether you are a, an athlete, no matter where you find yourself today, God has given you unique gifts, passions, strengths, and abilities. I'm reminded of the story in scripture that Jesus tells to describe what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And and he tells this story of a master, a master who has three servants. And the master is getting ready to go on a journey and he's entrusting his servants to take care of what he gives them. And to one servant, he gives uh, five talents, which uh, is a reflection, a representation of money. To another, he gives two, and to another, he gives one. And he tells these three that he's going on a journey, and he'll be back. And when he gets back, he, he'd love to get an account of what they did with what he gave them. And it's interesting that in this story, uh, the master gives three different servants three different amounts. And we see this, this principle that says that God gives us abilities, gifts, strengths. He gives us influence based on the call that he has on our life, that he gives all of us different amounts. And it doesn't matter what the amount is that God gives us, but what matters is, is how we use uh, what we're given. And so the master goes on a journey, goes on a trip, he comes back. And he calls the first servant, the one who he had given five talents to, and he asks him, what did you do with what I gave you? The first servant says, I took it. I invested it. I got a return on that investment. I was able to double what you gave me. And the master looks at this servant and says, well done, good and faithful servant. I love uh, that uh, we see the picture of what gets the master excited. The second servant, uh, the master calls the second servant and says, what'd you do with what I gave you? He gave him two uh, talents. And the the second servant says, I took it. I invested it. I got a return on that investment. I took your two and it became four as I invested it. And the master looks at the servant and says, well done. Taking those words, well done, 
good and faithful servant. And then the third uh, servant, we see the master calls him in and, and he asks him, what did you do with the one talent I gave you? He gave him the least amount of talents and, and, and the servant comes back and says, master, I knew you were a hard driving master and I was afraid of what could happen. And so I went and I hid the talent and, and I wanted to give you the talent that you originally gave me. And the master looks at the servant and he looks at him and, and he's angry and he's frustrated and he's upset. And he tells his other servants to take what he had given that servant, give it to the one who had five. And he tells him to uh, throw out this individual, this servant who, who, who fearfully hid what he had been given to him. This is a picture Jesus is describing through this story as a picture of what the kingdom of God is all about. To those who, who have uh, been given uh, much and to those who use well what they're giving, much more will be given to them. And it's a picture that for all of us, God has entrusted us with something. We are stewards of what God has given us. We get to leverage what God has given us and, and fear causes us to want to hold on to what we have. Fear causes us to want to, to bury and to try to uh, store up as much as we can. But faith causes us to be faithful. And faithfulness looks like using and investing what God has given us. Can I tell you that uh, the most faith-filled thing we can do the most uh, kingdom-minded thing we can do is take what God has given us and reinvest it in the world around us. That investment doesn't always uh, look maybe the way we think it should look in terms of our practical understanding. Man, if we invest something, we should get a return on that investment. No, it looks like investing in kingdom priorities. And so as we look at discovering and uncovering uh, your a God-given purpose, as we look at the influence God's given you, uh, first of all, I want to set the table by saying Jesus calls us to be faithful with what he's given us. When we're faithful, it leads to being fruitful. Faithfulness and fruitfulness are a picture of what the kingdom of God is all about. And so uh, as we look at the influence God's given you, the question uh, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, and it's not a one-time question, it's an ongoing question, am I being faithful? And is my faithfulness pr pr producing a level of fruitfulness in my life? And, and fruitfulness can, can, can look like the children I'm raising. Fruitfulness can, can look like the seeds I'm sowing. Fruitfulness uh, can look like the, the stories that I'm hearing based on the life I'm living. Fruitfulness can take on all different shapes and sizes. God gives us different amounts of talents. He gives us different levels of influence. We could have influence in one person. We could have influence on an entire city. We could have influence throughout a company. We could have influence in a country. It doesn't matter the amount of influence God's given us. The truth is we all have influence and we're called to leverage and steward that influence so that there's kingdom impact in the world around us. Jesus, his heart is that the kingdom of God would advance in our world. And it happens when we 
as his people take seriously his command and call to make disciples, which requires that we use what God has given us to impact the world around us. I, I want to uh, spend some time practically asking some questions, but also sharing some truths and some principles to help you discover or maybe just remember the purpose that God has placed on your life. Barna did a study and, and they share some results. They say 75% of people are looking for ways to live a more meaningful life. Is that you? I know even though I've been on this journey for over a decade of really understanding and clarifying my purpose and helping others, I still go through seasons where I question my purpose. I still go through seasons where I feel a sense of uncertainty and, and a lack of clarity. And so I, I want you to know that what we're going through today is not a one-time experience, is not a one-time process. This is a dynamic process which means our purpose is always evolving. It's always growing. It's always changing as God gives us more clarity, as God gives us more information on who he is, on who we are, we get more revelation on the purpose that we're created for. Think about that though. 75% of people are looking for ways to live more meaningful. That might describe your life today, or it might describe the life of somebody that you know maybe somebody you live next to, somebody you work with. And so I want to encourage you as you're understanding your purpose, part of our heart and our, our goal is to help people understand and clarify their purpose. It could be the role that God causes you to play in their life. It could be resources that you point them to that help them understand and clarify more of who, who God's called them to be. I'm, I'm reading some of these statistics by Barna and I'm going to, I'm going to take us through this uh, workbook that we've put together to help us really understand and clarify our purpose. You can find all this on joshdotzler.com. We've got multiple resources that we've developed that we are developing. Uh, one of the next things we're going to talk about after purpose is putting together our life plan. We got to have a game plan if we're going to live out our purpose, but going back to our purpose uh, booklet called Find Your Why, 75% of people are looking for ways to live more meaningful life. It says 56% of people want to make a difference in the world. I can tell you this, running a nonprofit organization where we partner with businesses, where we partner with people who don't attend church, people who are far from God, people who are a part of church, people who, who claim to follow Jesus. People want to make a difference. It's hardwired in, in our DNA. It's the way God has created every single one of us. And sometimes uh, just the fact that people want to make a difference will cause them to, to find the source for where that desire comes from. So I, I love that. Over half of the people surveyed want to make a difference. It says 46% of people are afraid of making the wrong career choice. The clearer we are on our purpose, the more consistent we'll be in the choices we make for the positions that we take on. Now, it's important to recognize that purpose supersedes any positions or job descriptions that we take on. Purpose is bigger than that. Purpose gives us clarity on what roles we should take. Every role or job description we take on should fall under and should align 
with the purpose that we're called to. It says 25% of people have clear goals for where they want to be in five years. This is where our, our life plan comes into play. Once we understand our purpose, we'll understand the goals that we should go after, the positions that we should uh, uh, really feel called to fill. It says 20% of people have a sense of what God wants them to do in their lives. I mean, think about that. Over 50% of people feel called to make a difference, but only around 20% have clarity on what God has called them to do and who he's called them to be. A couple of things I want to uh, share as we uh, begin to dive into what our purpose is, is as a follower of Jesus, we believe that there are three major purposes for every single uh, a person who, who claims to follow Jesus. The first one is our universal purpose. This overrides anything unique and specific to who we're called to be. And as we, as we think about our purpose, we need to think through these three filters. The first one is the universal purpose. The universal uh, purpose includes the great commandment, which the great commandment Jesus said was to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So universally, whether uh, you're, you're where I live in Omaha, Nebraska, you live in another country around the world, universally as a follower of Jesus, we have to first and foremost filter what we're doing through this lens. Is what I'm doing a part of loving God and loving my neighbor as I love myself? The great commandment. Number two, we have to filter it through the great commission. The great commission is when Jesus tells his, his followers and his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples. Is my purpose, as I'm living out my purpose, is it causing me to love people, love God and love others? And is it causing me to lead people into a relationship where they get to follow, learn, and grow in what it means uh, to, to, to follow Jesus's way. And so that's the first filter. The universal purpose, no matter where you live, uh, says that I'm loving God, loving my neighbor as I love myself, and I'm helping people, leading people into a relationship with Jesus as a disciple. So, so there's the universal purpose. Number two is what we call the unified purpose. The unified purpose says that I am connected to a unified body of believers who are living on purpose together. I'm connected to a community of Christ followers. Many people uh, uh, have said to me over the years, Josh, I I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to a church. And while I believe that you can be a Christian and not belong to a church, I don't believe that you can reach your, your full God-given potential. And I don't believe you can accurately live out your purpose without being connected to the body of Christ. We were called to live in community. We see this all throughout scripture. We see Jesus' commitment to the 12. And, and, and as the church was birthed, we see the commitment to these local expressions known as the church, communities of believers who were living on mission. It's people in our lives that help call out the gold. It's people in our lives that, that point to who we're becoming. It's people in our lives that really see our strengths and, and really understand our weaknesses and really help us and sharpen us. The Bible says that, 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 that as one uh, man sharpens another, we're called to sharpen each other. 
All throughout scripture, we see this, this idea of community. And so uh, our universal purpose says that we're living out the great commandment and the great commission. The unified purpose, it says that we're committed to a community of, of believers who are living on mission and, and who can help encourage us and spur us on. And so uh, you might need to ask yourself a question, man, am I committed to a community of believers right now? Or am I just trying to understand my purpose on my own? It's important that we're connected and committed to, to, to a community of believers. So you got your universal purpose. We've got our unified purpose. And then the third uh, purpose is our unique purpose. This is the purpose that we all want to discover and gain clarity around. How has God uniquely wired me? I'm telling you, it, it's amazing to think that of the millions and billions of people that, that cover the earth, no one is the same. No one thumbprint is the same. We, we see in scriptures, in uh, Ephesians 2.10, it says, we are God's handiwork. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he's planned for us long ago. God created us on purpose for a purpose. He created us with specific gifts, with specific passions, with the story that we've experienced through our life. And he pulls these pieces together to help us understand the purpose that he has for our lives. And so now as we transition into really understanding our unique purpose, as you begin to understand your unique purpose, I want you to, to think about, if you're not connected to the workbook, there are these, these three circles that overlap each other. And as these three circles overlap each other, these three circles represent three pillars to help us understand our purpose. The first circle is our spiritual gifts. It's all about our gifting. God has uniquely gifted you to play a role in, in the bigger story that he's telling. The, the apostle Paul talks about it in, in 1 Corinthians. He talks about there's one body in many different parts. And every part plays a role. And, and you might be the ear, you might be the eye, or you might be the, the nose or the mouth. None of the parts are more important than the others. And many times as, as humans, as individuals, we look at certain parts and we think they must be mo mo more important because maybe they're louder or they're more visible. But the scripture talks about, the apostle Paul talks about how many times those, those parts that are least visible are actually more important. And so it's important for you to recognize whatever season you're in, wherever you find yourself, you have gifts. Those gifts are unique to the role that God is calling you to play. And, and there's no gift that is more important than another. And so the first circle is this idea of gifts. The second uh, circle is this idea of passion. You were created with a bent towards specific passions based on the way God has created you. Those passions can, can arise from a variety of places, but the word passion actually comes from this, this idea of to suffer. And, 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 and so we think of two things when we think of passion, we think of, A, what are you willing to suffer for, which describes passion? But number two, where do you see suffering 
that you feel called to be a part of the solution. Passion is, as, as people have said in the past, it can be this holy discontent. You see something in the world and you say something has to change. So the first circle, we see our gifts. God has uniquely wired us in this way. These are things that come natural to us. Passion, areas that we see that we want to see change. And then the last, the last circle that overlaps is our story. Our story describes our unique experiences. Some good, some maybe more challenging. We all have a unique story that is, is really out of our control. And, and I'll say this first and foremost, that a lot of times our pain is essential to the purpose that God has in our life. While God uses pain, God's not the one who causes the pain most of the time in our lives. God uses it, but many times pain comes from the human condition. Pain is a result of sin and, and the sin of others, the sin of decisions that we make on our own, but pain is a huge part of our purpose. And it's important that we look at the pivotal experiences that have helped shape our lives. If we're going to have clarity around the purpose that God has called us to Romans eight twenty eight says, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his plan. Can I tell you, God didn't wish for those things to happen in your life but he'll use them to grow you. We see all throughout scripture. Uh, uh, James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. It'll produce a level of righteousness and right living and right behaving and right understanding. And so we can be the type of people that recognize pain is a part of uncovering and discovering the purpose that God has for us. G. P.S. GPS systems help us get from point A to point B. They help take us on this journey for where we're called to be. Our gifts, our passions, our story help us live out the purpose that God has for us. It helps us pursue the path of purpose that God has called each one of us towards, which ultimately helps us leverage the influence God's given us to impact the world around us. And so, like I said, we've got our, our booklet, joshdothler.com actually has the workbook that I'm taking us through. And uh, I'm just going to take us through a few of the questions. In the workbook, there's actually a, a spiritual gifts assessment that helps uh, kind of give you, I would say, a first step into understanding the gifts God's given you. But I just want to ask you a couple of questions. And in, in these questions, if you're driving, I just want you to marinate on these questions. You might need to go back on these questions. These are questions, again, that can be asked over and over and over, over, over really the rest of your life. And the more you ask them, the more clarity you'll get around your life. And so uh, starting with, with our gifts assessment, I just, I want to ask you, what do you do that seems to come very natural that when you do it, you actually leave more filled up, more full of joy, more, more full of life. You know, is it, is it when you're, you're giving generously? Is it when you're working with a team, helping uh, put pieces in place to accomplish a goal or accomplish a mission? Is it when you are trying to encourage somebody? Is it when you're trying to teach or train? 
Is it when you see somebody who has a need and you rush over and, and you're able to help meet that need, uh, whether it's, it's super practical or whether it requires getting other people involved? Do, do you have the uh, ability to encourage people in a way that points to their future? What is it that you do? That while you're doing it or after you're, you're done doing it, you feel encouraged, you feel inspired, you feel like, man, I was doing what I was created to do. I want you to take a few minutes, think about that. Maybe write a few bullets down. Maybe think of a, a situation or a scenario recently when you were in the middle of that. Second thought or question I want you to think about is what do you do naturally? That when you're doing it, time seems to fly by. When you're doing it, you can't get enough of it. You want to spend your, your extra hours doing this activity, doing this thing. The, these are questions that give clarity to your giftings. The third question and final question I'll ask in this area what is it that other people tell you you're great at? When you do it, other people talk about the impact that you have. What is it that when you do it, other people say, man, you really have a gift in this area. You seem to really come alive in this area. A couple of examples of, of different gifts based on some of the questions that I just asked are, you might have the gift of generosity. If you love to, to, to give. You might have the gift of administration. If you love to lead and communicate and bring people together to work uh, harmoniously around goals. You might have the, the gift of teaching. If you love to break down complex issues and realities to very practical, understandable truths. If you love to encourage and build people up, you might have the gift of exhortation. If you love being around the most vulnerable people in your city or in your community, people who have been left out, places maybe of poverty, people who have been uh, um, impacted through abuse, people who have been uh, uh, si significantly, their lives have been disrupted through uh, drugs or alcohol. If you love spending time with, with individuals who have been down and out, you might have the gift of mercy. You might have the gift of prophecy if you love encouraging and sharing words that point to the future reality of people's lives or situations. You might have the gift of serving if you just love you know, putting your, your sleeves up, jumping in wherever is needed. And, and when you walk away, regardless of what it was, man, you feel this this energy, you feel this joy, you feel this sense of fulfillment. Regardless of what it is, the, the Bible says that these aren't just gifts given. These are actually spiritual gifts to help build and encourage people who, who, who God is calling through the spiritual body, but also those outside that need to get connected to the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you. What do you love doing? What are you really good at? And what is it that other people see you doing and say, oh my goodness, you have a gift in this area.
I want you to jot a few of those notes down. That, that represents some of the gifts that God's given you. And again, I just want to remind you, these are questions that can be asked on a consistent basis forever. And the more you ask them, the more clarity you get. Next thing I want to do is move to the circle that describes our passion, our, our core passions. And when we think about our, our, our passions, the first question I, I want you to think about is, what, what do I see in the world that gets me frustrated, upset? And what is it that I see? What type of suffering do I see in the world that causes me to want to bring change? Passion comes when I see something, when I see a suffering, when I see challenges, and I say, man, I want to I bring solutions to those challenges. What is it that you see that you want to see changed? Another question that I love to ask is, uh, you know, if money was no object, if resources uh, wasn't a barrier to what you would want to give your life to, what would you do with your life to bring solutions to the challenges that you see? If money was no barrier, what would you do with your life? Where would you spend your time, your energy, your efforts to bring solutions to the challenges that you see? The third and, and final question I want to ask in this area, and if you have your workbook, these, some of these questions are there and there's some space to fill them out and Again, praying and thinking through these, these, these questions. The third question is, what am I willing to suffer for? What am I willing to give my, my life for? I love the picture of the Apostle Paul. We, he, he talks about having a thorn in his side. and He talks about all the challenges that he, he had gone through and being shipwrecked and beaten and talked about in, in a small picture of what Jesus experienced. But he talked about the joy in the suffering. He talked about the joy in living out the calling that God had on his life. And that's what happens when passion is attached to our purpose. There's actually joy in being a part of the solution. What is it that you see that, that you want to see changed when you see suffering in the world? What, what, what is it that if you had all the money in the world and you could dedicate your life to, towards being a solution to that challenge, what would you do? What is it that you're actually willing to endure hardships and pain through? And, and I'll just say this. These aren't just questions that we can answer. These are actually convictions that we live with. That's what we're talking about. And so sometimes there's a level of, of experiences you have to go through. You have to try stuff out. You have to see stuff. It's, it's hard to, to recognize suffering in the world or, or things you want to see changed without even going through some suffering yourself. And so I just want to encourage you, again, this is a process, but man, the more we can see challenges, see suffering, the more we can understand our, our passion. The third circle that we'll ask some questions around is our story. We've got our gifts, our spiritual gifts. We've got our passions, our core passions. And then the third one is our, our personal story. We all have a story. We all have experiences that God wants to use to expand our vision, to expand our understanding of who he is, and also to, to expand the purpose that he's called us to live with.
And so I want you to think about, you know, what, what are your, what are the three best experiences that you've had in your life to this point? Maybe just bullet point, jot those down as you think back over the history of your life. Three best experiences that have shaped your life. How how have these experiences expanded and shaped who you are today? Then we have, you know, what are the three worst experiences in your life? These questions are are, are really uh, to help us start to think back. And many of us just to remember the experiences that we've had, because if we're not careful, we'll go through life and we'll never look back at the story God has been telling in our life that points to the purpose that God has. I think of, I think of Peter in the Bible. Peter was a fisherman. He was catching fish for a living. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to shift who you are from being a fisherman to a fisher of men. Jesus doesn't erase our past. He, he uses our past to point us towards our purpose. Nothing is lost on him. He's given us these, these gifts, these passions. He's given us the story. And so the key isn't uh, writing a new story. The key is connecting to God's story. I love a friend of mine, Sam Collier. He said, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. And that's what understanding our, our purpose is really all about. It's about understanding the story God is telling through our life and how he uses the the, the beautiful things and the broken parts of our story to do something powerful in and through us. So I think about Peter, I think about the apostle Paul. The apostle uh, Paul was, was a Christian killer. He was going around taking Christians out. And when Jesus got a hold of his life, we see this transformation take place and, and the apostle Paul is one of the greatest church builders we, we know in our history. He writes two thirds of the New Testament. And so that's what Jesus does in our life. I, my, my history and, and what I wanted to be was this amazing basketball player, this game changer on the court. I was a point guard. And so I was, I was setting players up to be successful and to be a part of winning teams. And when I got hurt, God shifted me and, and began to bring clarity to my purpose. God, he said, I felt like God said, Josh, I'm, I'm not just calling you to be a game changer on the court. Now I'm calling you to be a game changer in the community. And I'm taking that gift of, of being a point guard and being able to see the court, see the big picture, put people in position to be successful, to help point out and set people up to be successful individually, but also as a team. He says, I'm taking that. I want you to be a game changer in the community. I want to give you vision to see the big picture. Organizationally, community-wide, but I also want want you to point people to their purpose. And and I want you to help set people up for the calling that God has on, on, on their lives. And so I look at my story and my history and, and one of my pivotal, one of my worst experiences was tearing my PCL in college because it ended, you know, my basketball career, what I knew as my basketball career up to that point, but it shifted me and was a part of me stepping into my purpose, which I get to live out in this season of my life. So as you think about your life, as you look back, what are your three best experiences? How, how did God use that to expand you? 
What, what were your three worst or most challenging experiences in life? How did God use that to expand you? And what are the three most transformational experiences in your life? That could be a combination of your best and worst experiences. Many times it does include our best and worst experiences, but the key is understanding the transformational experiences in our life. Nothing happens by accident. We serve a God, Romans 8.28, I shared it earlier, who will use all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his plans. What story is God telling through your life? Ultimately, what we want to do is we want to take our gifts, what we wrote down as our, our top gifts based on the themes of the questions we answered, our passions and, and what breaks the heart of God and what breaks our heart, write down the top three to five answers. And then we want to take our story, our, our transformational experiences and how God expanded those. And we want to write those down. And it's in the intersection of those circles that we start to hit the, the, the bullseye that starts to describe the purpose and calling that God has in our life. I know this is a lot, especially if this is your first time going through it. I promise you, every time you go through it, you'll gain greater clarity. This is an exercise with questions and answers that I think needs to be done at a, at a minimum of twice a year. I think going into the new year, it's always good to evaluate things, but also as you get halfway through the year, whatever your halfway mark looks like, it, it, it's always good to go back and remember because number one, it'll remind you of the purpose and calling God has in your life. But then number two, it might cause you to adjust and reorient your life around the purpose and calling that God has in your life. At the end of the workbook, we've got some uh, space where you can begin to write out some sentences, some phrases, combining the themes that you see in your gifts, your passion, your strengths. Over the years, I continue to have different ways to communicate what my purpose is, but uh, in general, the phrase that I constantly go back with is I want to maximize God-given influence to see maximum God-sized impact. Maximum. I want, I want to see people living to their potential. I want to see Christians and I want to see the church. I want to see it leverage and maximize the influence that God has given it and given us as individuals. I, I, I know that that we don't have what we have by accident. It's a result and it's God given for a purpose to see God-sized impact, to see the kingdom of God advanced in the world around us. And so some of the positions that I hold and the hats that I wear are, uh, you know, I run a nonprofit and our nonprofit helps us maximize God-given influence for God-sized impact by mobilizing individuals, people of faith, churches, organizations that say, you know what, we want to be a part of the solution in our city where challenges are great. Man, in, in, in parts of our city where the challenges are the greatest, the church has the greatest opportunity to bring change. And so I do that with, with my nonprofit hat. I do that by leading a local church and, and being a part of building a model and, 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 and developing disciples 
who live on purpose and know that God's heart is that they would be changed and bring change. I also get to do that through through this podcast and through coaching individuals and and helping lead individuals to understand and discover their purpose and put together a game plan and, and provide resources that can constantly encourage them to maximize and to leverage the influence God's given them to impact the world around them. So wherever you are, God has a purpose for your life. He has a calling. We're called to discover it, develop it, deploy it to the world. No matter what your purpose is, you can hold multiple positions. I'm also a father and I get the opportunity to raise up uh, children who get to live out their calling and purpose in the world. I'm a husband and hopefully I get to encourage my wife to continue to live out the calling that God has on her life. And so there's all these different positions that will all lead, that will all carry, but they should all fall under the purpose that God has for each one of our lives. So I hope this, this podcast was at least an igniter. Maybe it was a, a starter to discovering and understanding your purpose. Like I said, you can go to joshdotzler.com to find the workbook, to work through some of these questions. This is a dynamic process. And I want to encourage you, don't get frustrated. Don't think you have to uh, solve the equation or get clarity around your purpose in one sitting or in one weekend. I, I love the book, Good to Great, because Jim Collins talks about becoming a great organization. And he says, as you find your bullseye, he calls it the hedgehog. He said, many would like to believe that, you know, in a staff retreat or over a weekend, you can clarify it. He says, it takes six to seven, eight. It takes a lot of years to figure it out. John Wooden, one of the uh, most, the winningest coaches in college basketball, didn't win his first championship until 14 years into his coaching journey. It takes time but we have to commit to the process. We have to join Jesus to understand the unique purpose and calling that he has on our life as we submit to his universal purpose, as we commit to a unified purpose and community of believers, we get clarity on the unique purpose that God has for our lives. So I wanna encourage you, let's engage. I believe God's gonna do something in and through your lives influence to impact. You have influence. God wants you to use your influence. He wants you to leverage your influence to impact the world around you. You don't have to do everything, but God has gifted you and called you to do something. Find out where your influence is, tap into it. And today just start small baby steps using the influence God's given you to impact the world around you. Look forward to hanging out with you for future episodes. Uh, We're going to dive into that game plan. And there's a four-phased life plan or game plan that we get to uh, use to keep us focused and on target with the calling that God has on, on our lives.